And we are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are here recording on Friday, May 20th, the day after the Celtics tied up their Eastern Conference final series against the Miami Heat 1-1, heading back to Boston. That was about as good of a response as you could have possibly asked for from the Celtics. Uh, I don't know why we're surprised at this point because they've been bouncing back from losses ever since February. They've only lost back-to-back games once since February. And today was no different, or last night, I guess, uh, and two days ago when you guys are listening to this. But huge win by the Seas. Very, you know, the very best way you could possibly to respond to what happened in game one. Oh, yeah. And like you said, that's been the story, right? This is what the Celtics of this season do, or at least uh, of 2022, maybe not 2021. But it's exactly what you could ask for. My goodness, I'm going to need to take a sip here. I don't know where my voice is going. I apologize. Is it going to blow up on me? Oh, oh, oh. Look at this. I'm like, I'm, I've got plenty of practice. It's like diffusing a bomb. Hold on. Celtics, though. I mean, I'll read you a stat while you're doing that. In games after losses, so they've lost 10 times since the end of February, including the playoffs, uh, and they've had nine lo- nine wins after those 10 losses because, like I said, they've only lost back-to-back ones. Uh, in the wins after the losses, they've shot 50% from the field, 39.9% from three, and 85.8% from the free throw line. All three of those percentages would have led the regular season uh, numbers for any team in the NBA. So the post-loss Celtics since February are, by you know every statistical number, the best team in the NBA. It's just how it is. <laughs> Which is good. It's, it's yes. what you kind of look for as a fan. You know, You want to be the best. Uh, and speaking of what you look for as a fan, I really like if every game was like yesterday because I, I didn't really have to be stressed for a large portion of the game like normal. You know, they came mm-hmm. out, they they went behind early, which was not great. But then they responded, tied the game, eventually went far ahead, ended the first quarter up 11. And I don't know if Miami ever got it back under double digits after that point. It's domination. They, it was domination. That is like... A performance you would see um, back when the Celtics were really like coming up, like let's say the Isaiah Thomas Celtics, and like they would play Cleveland, and that's like the kind of game they would be on the other side of, where like you're like, wow, like this team's real good, and like they can compete, and then you would have that happen, you'd be like, oh, maybe not, <laughs> you'd be like, oh boy, and if they really didn't like fall apart in game one in the third quarter, they really could be up two nothing with a mm-hmm. commanding performance through two games like they've won seven of the eight quarters yeah seven of the every quarter and they've done it pretty handedly yeah yeah the second half was a little um it wasn't as good they tied both quarters in the second half of game two but at that point that's all they had to do because they were so dominant in the first Mm -hmm. half so that's that's what you get yes that's what you get at that point in a in a game when you're up that big you don't really have to keep blowing out a team you just have to learn how to hold on to the lead. And there was a point where Miami cut it to 17 uh, after the Celtics had been up 29. So they had made a little bit of a dent into it. And Marcus Smart kind of took over the game, which is just funny because it was literally something we had talked about on the pregame. What did we say? We were on the podcast. On the podcast. We said having him as a calming presence, whether it's a chaotic calmness that he brings. You want to know kind of what you got? Udoka's quote after the game, what having the vets back was great. They're like a calming presence for us. I mean, just take take our words, Ime. Ime listens. He knows. Now, it's, I, I it's do, uncanny. 
before we continue, I do need to give a shout out um, to a individual from ABC six. His name is Maltizos. And you may have seen him on Twitter a few days back uh, wearing the Paul Pierce jersey. I don't know if you saw it, Jack, but I did I tweet it. So. But good engagement. And you, why don't you go have a look? Because I want you to right. and maybe you even share your screen it. if you can do it for those mm, watching. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let me I want that. you to have a look at this man because he knows absolutely nothing about basketball, but he is all in. He's all in. I brought in a jersey for him to wear on Monday. It, it did not come out uh, with, with good results. Obviously, you had the COVID positive results for Horford and then the loss. However, my man has a disgusting, overstretched, dark green T-shirt that he will wear, and that has been the good luck charm. He wore it yesterday. I go home. Horford pops two negative tests. The Celtics come out and <laughs> blow out Miami. Have you have you located this I man? I think so. Is this – if you're if – you're, Listening, you won't see it, but if you're on YouTube, you'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll describe is this, it. That is, this is him. The... He's, he's a large individual. In this picture, he's wearing a uh, one of my favorite jerseys, actually, the old St. Patrick's Day Paul Pierce jersey, and he's got his guns out. And he's ready for game one in that picture. Not a Celtics fan, you say? Not a basketball guy? Well, he's support. He's he's on the bandwagon. Of course, he's, of course. He's all in. I don't know if he's watching any games, but he wants them to win. He calls himself a townie. So we have to give him a shout out because he has done the legwork. He he has been the unofficial mascot at the news station. Yes. Also, at the same time, do you know, are you familiar with Green Runs Deep? He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter a little bit. He's on Twitter. He broke the white news yesterday, actually. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a beast. Um, Tweeted something along the lines of, you know, if you weren't here when this was the starting lineup, yes, uh, then don't be a fan. And I just wanted to bring up the story again. I'm, I'm sure I've told it here that Jeff Green was the person who got me to, you know, into me basketball. Too. Yep, yep, yeah. This lineup of Phil Pressy, Gerald Wallace, Jeff Green, Jared Sollinger, Chris Humphreys, just the worst possible starting five you could probably think of. I mean, Chris Humphreys at the five is a disgrace. Uh, but but Sollinger had Green. moments where he was okay. He did. I liked Sully. I thought he was. I, good. I think he, everybody kind of. Well, there were people that probably were more realistic than others, but there there were times where I thought Sullinger could be a good player. I thought he could have. I, I just think he let it go, and he he's playing in China or something. Like he he's kept it up. So shout out Sully, but it is what it is, and he, he falls under the line of what is it? Stretch power forwards that paved the way for Grant Williams. It went Sully, then Gershon, the and then Semi, and now. <laughs> man grant you know carrying the torch but anyways game two you mentioned marcus let's just start there uh our good friend andrew doxy uh shout out owns matt moore on twitter apparently in his own words matt moore of action network uh hard word paroxysm i can't pronounce it i'm sorry he's a cool dude i, I like his you know tweets and everything he, he seems like Good guy, but his take was the Celtics need a lead playmaker if they want to get to a championship level. And he said this in like the Buck series. Like he, this wasn't like an old take that got exposed. He said this like two weeks ago. He's like, Marcus is great, but he's not like a lead playmaker for a team. And Andrew Doxy tweeted the box score from game two. And Matt came back and said, I am wrong. <laughs> Which is something. Uh, Marcus Smart, phenomenal. In his return game, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. Just 
everything you wanted from the defensive player of the year, as Udoka noted post game. Uh, just incredible performance from Marcus Smart. A captain performance from Marcus. The, the only thing I will say, and I mean, listen, take this with a grain of salt. It it shouldn't mean the world to you, and I love Marcus more than anybody. But I feel like a lot of his points did come when the game was kind of settled. You know, he was. I will say, he, and we touched on it already. He was big when Miami started to get back a little bit, but it was still seventeen points. There, there was yeah. inflation to the stats. But even before he started scoring, he was having a great game uh, playmaking. Scoring which is what aside, they really yeah. missed. You know, and in, in we touched on it in the last. Uh, we touched on it in the pregame. They missed his. Uh, carefulness with the ball. He had 12 assists yesterday, only one turnover. They could have used him in that third quarter collapse on Monday. You know, that is a big part of having Marcus back, not to mention that he made things difficult on the other end for Miami. A thousand percent. I mean, he made things pretty difficult on both ends. Ask Max, mm-hmm. Max Struess. Man got <laughs> just crumbled by it Marcus. It was such an Mark. odd, like, <laughs> he didn't even really do anything. He just stopped no. and that was enough. And then, that, like, that Mark, you could tell Marcus was so surprised. Like, he didn't know he what did to do. Move. He took, like, another dribble. Yeah. He's like, what the hell just happened? I mean, that it was just a beautiful moment. Just huge performance from Marcus. Al was good, too. Uh, and Al was huge. He cracked the zone, Sam. You were so worried about the zone. Al said, let me just stand in the middle of court and, uh, court and break this real quick for you. And Ime said after the game, uh, Bobby, uh, friend of the pod, asked him about it. He goes, you know, you, you guys managed to handle the zone pretty well after earlier in the season. He goes, yeah, we're ready for that now. He may, and that it's just like everything you need to hear from me. We're ready for that. that. That's like the, the, the mantra of Boston season is that they're ready. They, they, they answered every question personally that I had in game two after game one. So it, it was nice to see. And you're right so far. They, they have not lost with Horford. Let's keep it up. <laughs> Let's not make me look foolish now. I, um, I don't think they're going to lose either of these next two at home either. I don't think so I think either. you're going to be right for a little while. I just mm-hmm. think they, who knows, they they also do this thing where they play at home and they get all worked up and then they come out cold because they're trying too hard to get everybody going. I don't think that going. happens. It does happen. I think the, I said, I don't oh, think, oh, okay. like, as oh, in, I don't think it will okay. happen in game three. I was like, I was like, no, 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 it does. It, it does. Happens. No, no, yes. Yeah. No, no, I meant I don't think it happens in game three. Uh, I think they're locked in. I think this is the most locked in they've been for the entirety of the playoffs. I think game one was just them missing Marcus and Al. And now that they have those guys back, not saying they're going to sweep the rest of the postseason. Yes, Derek White, huge in. Congratulations. I mean, congratulations, Derek White. I talked about this on the pregame show. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure there's comments out there like, oh, looks like they don't need Derek White. Just shut up. <laughs> and Jimmy, if Jay, you s- Jimmy J, who is a loyal listener to us, I will shout read out the Jimmy comments J. to I our mean, uh, shows, but he is not, mm-hmm. and he's always there, but he is not a fan of Derek White. I mean, I spewed it all on the pregame the other day. Like, Derek White is a phenomenal defender. He's probably the second best perimeter defender on the team after Marcus. Um, he, he can guard all five positions. He's having issues shooting the ball yes but he's one of their best playmakers he, he's able to get into the middle of the court at all times whenever he needs to uh finishing through contact he's phenomenal i mean i'm sure you've seen him drive to the rim take a bump and he, he's perfected those little i forget who said it to me i think it was it's gear shout out pj he said um Derek white in the mid-range reminds him of Gordon Hayward, which is like a really, really good comparison. Like you look at those little mid-range fadeaway floaters that he gets off, like 
very Hayward asking that I would say that's probably the biggest part of Hayward's game that the Celtics miss those kind of little mid range floaters where you can diversify their offense. Derek White's great. And I said this to KJ two points that I think describe it perfectly is you look at Marcus smart. And for years, two things Celtics fans have begged for are, you know, look beyond the box score. He's worth more than that. And take smarter shots, Marcus, if you're not making them, please don't take them. And now people are attacking Derek White for the opposite of those two reasons. It just, it absolutely baffles me that people are now going at Derek White saying, why isn't he, you know, making these shots? They like when he's just, well, he's, he's not taking the shots because he's not making them. And that's what you asked Marcus to do for years. So, you know, maybe you should compliment him for doing that. And then he is the epitome of goes beyond the box score, yet you can't see it for some reason after seeing it for all these years. I I'll, I won't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And he's not going to get the respect he deserves until he puts up that, you know, oh, 20 points because 20 points means everything in the NBA, Sam. Did you know that 20 points means you're the best player of all? Stupid. It's 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 the dumbest he's thing He's had ever good in. scoring playoff games. That doesn't matter. I though. think he was good in that, game mm-hmm. four. He was good in game three, I could think, against Milwaukee, too. Yeah, that doesn't matter. They, they pick and choose the arguments. And he, this, I'm being an asshole. And I, shout out Jimmy J. I'm not attacking Jimmy J. I we appreciate, appreciate you, Jimmy J. Because he's for the listenership. He's always but here. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it frustrates me when I see, like, the, the worst thing is when I see, oh, if they had Schroeder, like, sh- dude, you're going. Next. I did that, see uh, oh. Andrew Doxy tweet that. I know. He quote know. tweeted somebody. And said he yes, yes. Tweet, I course. commented on it. And that is, that is like the epitome of points means good. Even oh. then, like, I <laughs> still, you still don't even really see that. That's the first time I've seen anybody say anything about Schroeder since he's left. It's just, I, I don't get it, man. It's painful. I don't know how you can sit there. Derek White versus Josh Richardson. I understand the argument because the three point there's an argument is so there. much different. I don't think there's much of an argument, but I understand the point of Josh Richardson has been a better shooter this season because he has. But the Schroeder thing, you lose me. <laughs> you just you just lost me. Uh, that, that I personally think it'd be funny if you could have both of them. Schroeder, <laughs> no, uh, Richardson. Oh yes, and White. yes. I was gonna say, Sam, don't don't no, jump on I'm the shorter train. On, That's not, where you're gonna. I'm not doing that. Come on, make me lose my mind. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you could get Richardson, I mean, I don't know if it's legal. Can you fit Richardson into the TPE? Can you get him back this off season? I don't know, man. I I'm so happy. I haven't heard about a damn TPE in like five months. It's the greatest. <laughs> like I, we used to have to come on here and, and say how you're gonna fix this team. Like every week, we'd be like, "All right, like they need to do this now. Oh, they need to do this." And, and here we are, uh, tied in the East Co- Eastern Conference Finals. Jesus, get the words out. I, I actually had like a moment like that doing traffic. I was like, I, I literally was like, "Oh, geez!" Like <laughs> I didn't say Jesus, you know, someone get pissed, but I like, got tied up. But anyways, yeah, one one in the Eastern Conference Finals. Huge. And coming home. Heavy favorites mm-hmm. now to win the series. I did check the odds. I think they were minus really? 90 when I checked on Twin River. Oh, wow. Which is Rhode Island. Well, they stole home court. That's huge. I told you they needed I mean, to listen, do that. They, I mean, it could have, would have, they, they kind of should be up 2-0. They should. They, they collapsed in that game one, which is fine. Miami equally fought back. That that is one of those things where you can't like it's not game four again or game five against Milwaukee where you completely just like crapped out. 
Like yeah. Miami absolutely fought back and won that game, but the Celtics did an equal part and lost it. Game game two showed you how, as a team, the Celtics learn from when they make mistakes. And in that record, we'll show you that. Uh, what is it, ten and one now since January on on games after losses? Things they haven't like lost. That. They haven't lost. And then the one or one, that, sorry, yes, one, one, one. Yes, I, I was thinking of the stats. Yes, they've lost back to back once since February. Yep. But so. seriously, that says so much about this team. And to give you a real prime example is that game six in the last series where they just had their heart ripped out in that game five after melting, blowing a golden opportunity to really gain control of the series. And then they come out and pretty handily win the game in Milwaukee. There was a scare where they got it to four, but they mm-hmm. responded instead of collapsing like they did in game five. And yesterday uh, you saw they played a great first half like they did in game one against Miami. And instead of collapsing, it got to the point where you could see it kind of coming mm-hmm. and they put an end to it. That That's what's really great about this team. You have to credit the coach. You have to credit all the players for listening and buying into it. That That's part of what makes you a contender, what makes you a potential champion. Things like that. Yeah, they bounce back. Ime Udoka has been phenomenal uh, at game planning and helping them bounce back. And this isn't the Milwaukee series. I'm fully confident Eric Spolster is going to come out with everything he's got in game three and try to bounce back. I just don't think the Heat are equipped to take on that level of Boston offense. And the only thing that I think could potentially hurt the Celtics is something that's very possible. And that's a cold shooting night because throughout the course of the playoffs, that's been the one thing that's kind of hindered them uh, from winning these games. They shot, excuse me, what'd they shoot? They shot 50% from three in game two. That's not going to happen again. I'll tell you that now, but um, they also shot 51% from the field. So it's not like they're shooting poorly. Uh, on two point range, like they were against Milwaukee, they have other ways of getting offense against this Miami team. Uh, Miami, who's now might be without PJ Tucker, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I assume he'll fight through it, but he's getting an MRI. Um, never want to see that. Obviously, it, it sucks. When we haven't heard any results effort. from that yet, which I don't really know what that yeah. means. I don't pay. I'm not paying attention to dudes getting MRIs all the time, especially well, if they're not in, the Celtics. In Spolster's post-game interview, he said PJ said he's fine and he's going to play in game three, so I'll listen to PJ. But that was before okay. they announced he's getting an MRI. PJ Tucker is very much like Marcus Smart to if he can play, he will play. So unless it's a serious, serious injury, I expect to see PJ Tucker in game three. Um, but you never know, I guess. Uh, Celtics did the job. Jason Tatum, much better game. Jalen Brown, much better game. Uh, in game two, both of them came to play. Both of them played the right way. They had 27 for Tatum, 24 for Brown. Um, Tatum had three ton- turnovers. Excuse me. Brown had one turnover. Uh, Celtics finished with nine as a team. Like, great numbers there. Very efficient. Everyone was efficient outside of Marcus <laughs> and Nick Stauskas, but Stauskas only played four he minutes. Hurt himself. So. Oh, true. I forgot about that, man. What even happened? I, I don't even think I, I remember seeing it live. Rolled his ankle, maybe something like that. I don't know. Nah, damn. I, I want to circle back quick. You yeah. were talking about, you know, you're not going to shoot that high from three every game, which is absolutely right. What makes this team great is, especially when healthy, they've got the pieces to play defense well enough to where they don't have to really score at a high clip. What they hold Miami to yesterday? Uh, what? Are you shooting or points? One or two points. One or two. One or two. Yeah, so he, you missed like 
seven more threes and you still win. I mean, that's yeah. not how it always goes. I mean, you know, I was going to say, the yeah, scheme of things, but you take away seven threes in that final box where you still win because you play great defense. That that's yeah. really the calling card of the Celtics and everything else is gravy. You have good enough players to make it so you can score on the offensive end. Obviously Tatum, who was very efficient yesterday, pretty efficient in game one besides the turnovers too. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Jalen Brown, who bounced back yesterday, especially in the first quarter, he was big, keeping them in the game when they kind of came out a little flat. Um, Marcus obviously turned it up when Miami started to come back a bit. Rob has become a much healthier version of himself, much like the version that was playing before he hurt his knee. And he's a good safety valve on the offensive end. Grant had 19 points yesterday. Pritchard looks confident out there. Every time he shoots it, you really have to feel like it's going in as a fan. There's so many offensive weapons for the Celtics team right now, and they're all kind of firing at all cylinders. Imagine uh, last year saying Grant was going to score 19 in a playoff game. I would have believed you. And that's just kind of average. Like he had 27 on Sunday. Or Sunday? <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I'd have believed you. You know I'm on the track. Well, you would have, but <laughs> not very many not people many. would have. And you would have said, damn, who's playing for this team if he's doing that? <laughs> that's also true. Um, the big stat, I guess to note also, I just saw Grant Williams led the team in free throws. It's weird. Uh, Jimmy Butler only took eight free throws. Are we happy Celtics fans? There you go. He, he was he not as effective. As aggressive. Well, he wasn't getting easy lanes to the basket either. I mean, they had Al Horford. They had Al Horford. They had Marcus guarding him too. Marcus guarding. Marcus took that assignment like a champ. That's, Marcus, that's part Mar- of why he was able to get, sorry. You, no, I'm no, sorry. no. Go. Go, go, go. That's part of why he was able to get to the line so much because he already had a full full head of steam a lot of the time going to the basket. Mm-hmm. And he was getting like hit, knocked down. They they were calling a lot of the times he got knocked down, which is just strange after watching Giannis, who is like going inside hard every single play and he doesn't get like I calls that consistently. Last episode, it's different whistle, man. Different whistle is better for worse. Just strange. Mm-hmm. But regardless. They did a better job at limiting his ability to get to the line. I don't think that was officials. I mean, Tony Brothers ref game one, take that for what you will. Maybe the guy that uh, put the video up pissed him off a little bit. Did you see that? Uh, no. I d- oh, guy yes, was yes, like, on yeah. Twitter. I did, he was, yes, yes. For those of you that didn't see it, there was a guy out in the street, um, and Tony Brothers just walking down the street on the phone. He's, like, annoying him. He's like, you better give some calls to the Celtics. Don't do that. Don't do I, that. I don't think he was Leave actually annoyed. Along. He probably thought it was funny, but yeah, he's yeah. playing along for the video. But it didn't go well. And also, people were upset about the – I don't know if you're about to go to the same place I am, the Tyler Hero play where he, he blocked smart. Oh, yeah. Foul. That like, was a weak – it was a weak call. It was a it weak was... call, but, like, at the end of the day, it's the same it, – one, the game was a blowout. Two, if he it does get that as a block, it's just a layup for Pritchard instead of smart. And That's also, he got hit in the head. Like, I understand why it was called. I don't agree with the call. I don't think I it should have been a foul. Disagree. You know, um, You know me. I know, I know. And I'm telling you straight up, I don't think it should have been a foul. But when a player gets hit in the head. By disagree, I mean, I disagree with the call, not you. You disagree with the foul. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, I know. I'm just saying, I understand why they called it. Do I think it's a foul? No, Uh, I think that's a weak call. Uh, Example of how stats lie. Sam, Jimmy Butler, when guarded by Marcus Smart, shot four for five, right? Which yes. is just like you under like whatever switching, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when guarded by everybody else on the Celtics, he did not make a shot. 
Jimmy Butler only made shots when guarded by Marcus Smart, which is he was still not efficient. <laughs> no, exactly. That's the point. Um, in head-to-head matchups, at least that's what this says, which is just very weird. Or maybe that's just. Or sorry, let me rephrase. The only buckets Marcus Smart gave up was when he was guarding Jimmy Butler. No one else scored on Marcus Smart. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Which is the opposite, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if Jimmy Butler only scored like four baskets. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was reading it incorrectly. Um, Marcus Smart gave up four buckets to Jimmy Butler. Nobody else made a shot on him. Um, Defensive player of the year. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. Everything you need. Shaq does not think it matters. Well, Shaq was wrong. (laughs) Shaq was incorrect. He, He doubled down. Did he? After the game? He said uh, he didn't make a difference. Marcus? Yeah. He had a triple-double, Shaq. He just wants to be the best 36 to ever lace him up, that's all. (laughs) I love Shaq. They have the same birthday. They should have some respect. This is true. Um, We can talk about Peyton Pritchard calling Tyler Hero small. Good. I mean, they're (laughs) the complete, like, opposite of white dudes that play basketball. Like, 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 Pritchard does not say a damn word. You barely know what his voice sounds like. He has a buzz cut, doesn't have facial hair, has no kind of style about him. He's the My mom called guy. him Ollie from Hoosiers is what she called Peyton Pritchard. I've only seen Hoosiers once. People in the listening, are, hey, you only see you like basketball? Yeah. yeah I've I'm never seen Hoosiers, so oh, well, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like he's quiet, just kind of shows up, does, does his thing. Tyler Hero. Every all the drip imaginable, him and Simmons, the stupid sunglasses at the podium. He's in all these commercials. He's friends with Jack Harlow. He, he he's from like the Midwest and does not talk with a Midwestern accent to say the least. They, there's just so much to dislike about Tyler Hero. And Pritchard is just like you wouldn't even know him if he wasn't on your team. Mm-hmm. And Pritchard is is yeah. taking the challenge, by the way. Hero's no joke of a basketball player. He may be like a clown off the court or whatever, but he obviously is six men of the year for a reason. A very good player. And Pritchard so far has gone toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. Uh, Hero is struggling this series. I think... Throughout the playoffs, Pritchard... he struggled. And someone in our yeah. last pod in the comments disagreed. About what? Uh, that hero is struggled. struggled. He told he said, "Well, it was these were all directed towards me, saying I'm not uh, watching the Heat, which is true. I did not watch very much of the Heat. <laughs> it does not mean I'm wrong. I mean, hero's been all right. You'd like him to be a little more aggressive. Has he been as good as he was in the regular season? Uh, in the no, in the or playoffs, the hero no. here's averaging 14 points in the playoffs, 43 percent from the field, 25 percent from three. There you go." Four rebounds, three assists, regular season, 20 points per game score, 45, 40% from three, four, yep. five, and four. Objectively, not as good. Um, part of that is obviously Jimmy Butler taking over as the primary option because he knows the moment. But at the same time, like you spend the entire regular season winning a bunch of games with a certain formula to switch it up and expect the role players just to fall in line. Like, I understand it's, I guess, kind of tough. I think the biggest issue for them is Bam not being a part of their game plan really at all on offense. Like he's taking eight shots a game and shooting very efficiently on those shots, but he's just like, they're not even looking to get him involved. It seems. And in this series specifically, you could argue that, you know, Robert Williams and Al Horford are defending him really well. Um, 
they're playing a big part in why he isn't able to get anything going on offense. But even in general, I mean, like the eight shots per game is a thing throughout the playoffs. So, uh, right. yeah, I don't know. What do you think the main thing is stopping Bam? I think, well, throughout the playoffs, I couldn't tell you because there's plenty of things he could have been exploiting throughout those first two series, especially with Embiid out in that Philly series, right? And Capella out in the first round. Yeah. You know, he has had the yeah. golden opportunity to be aggressive. For some reason in those rounds, he was not. In this round, it's a little different. The Celtics have really good interior defenders. Horford is a really great defender all around. He's great at guarding guys on the ball where Williams excels off the ball, being the helper and the shot blocker. So you have like almost a perfect combination to contain him underneath. And again, Horford is just such a good post defender. And he really hasn't lost a step, which is just so funny to say, because even going into the playoffs, we talked about Horford so much, uh, more so when we would talk about Philadelphia and how they would match up against Embiid. And that was kind of the thing I always hung my hat on. I was like, well, Horford always had a good time defending Embiid, but I'd always have to be like, you know, he could have lost a step. He's older now. It's not, it might not be the same thing, but he doesn't look like he's aged at all. He's playing mm-hmm. his role perfectly. And I think that's probably the key to it. He's had games where he's been massive offensively and he's, he's gone off. Obviously the game four against Milwaukee was huge, but even when he's not scoring, he's just, making an impact he didn't allow a single point yesterday i don't think is that true mm, let me fact check like in head-to-head matchups when horford yeah was... when he's guarding guys i don't think he got scored on yesterday and if he did it was from free throws i don't think anybody made a field goal against him let me fact check uh two mm, no head-to-head guarding numbers pj tucker made one shot vincent two for three Oladipo made one. Robinson made one. Well, but Jim- I clearly don't watch the games. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but- Butler didn't score against him. Bam didn't at- attempt a shot against him. And his primary matchup for the game was Bam. So he didn't even allow Bam to get a shot up, which is just goes to show what I've been saying. Like they're pretty much just taking him out of the offense as a whole. Um, not letting the heat run through him. Miami's offense is very one-dimensional in the sense that they're either going to get a three or get a Jimmy Butler mid-range shot. Like that that's all they do pretty much, right? A lot of am, pick am and I roll a fool? to get the switch? Yeah, am I a fool for thinking that though? Like they don't really do much of like They haven't they haven't gone to bam. I I just I wonder why. Because if we're talking about it, it must be a thought going around at least the fan yeah, base. It, I mean, you said when you were writing heat articles, people were saying he wasn't being aggressive enough and this was the regular season. Yeah, this isn't even the playoffs. So maybe something's going on with him mentally. I don't know. We I don't I don't watch enough of their games. However, if I'm Spolstra, that's going to be something that I'm really looking to force because in the bubble a few years ago, Horford was on the team. However, he killed them. I saw the split state was like 21 points and at least 10 rebounds compared to eight. He can't go through Horford, though. He just I don't think he can go through Horford. And that's not like a knock on Bam. I just think. Horford's one of the better big man defenders in the NBA. He showed that. He showed that on Giannis. He showed that on, I was going to say, I was going to think of the Nets center, but he didn't really have to do much in the Nets series. But he guarded Giannis to perfection. He's always guarded Embiid well. And I said this before the series, and I'll say it again. Bam is like a B-tier version of Giannis if he is aggressive. That's not a knock on Bam. That's just because Giannis is the best in the world. So if Horford can effectively guard Giannis, I think he can more than effectively guard Bam. So it's up to the Heat to find other ways of getting Bam involved in the offense. You know, run pick and rolls where you get the switch off of Horford so we can attack the post and 
catch lobs because that's what Bam does. He he's basically, and this isn't a knock on Rob. He's just like an all-star version of Robert Williams, I think. Realistically speaking, right? He's like everything you would ever want Rob to be. A 20-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist, 2-block guy, right? That's like every every Celtics fan's dream for Robert Williams is Bam Adebayo. But the Heat aren't really doing much to get him involved. There, He basically has a similar level of involvement to Robert Williams, which is not <clears throat> what you want uh, right. from an Oscar center. And I'm not going to sit here and say I've watched every single Heat game this year because I haven't. So if I'm game. wrong, please you know, feel free to correct me in the comments or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to take offense to it. I'm not an expert on the Heat. But right now, it looks like they are looking for threes, mismatches on the perimeter, or Jimmy Butler mid-range shots, which is like, an un- fine form of offense when all your guys are shooting, you know, 40% from deep, like they were in the regular season, but they're not, they're struggling from three in the playoffs this year. And I said this at the start of the series, <clears throat> excuse me, the playoff three point numbers for the heat aren't as good. Max Drews is thir- shooting 35%, which is fine, but he was a 40% shooter in the regular season. What does Marcus just- shoot for his career? Like 33%. So he's, if he's only shooting 2% better for the playoffs Max, than Marcus, Max, I know, true. I know. Oh, 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 yes. Compared to Marcus, Marcus Smart, shoot, who people yes. say should not shoot threes, mm-hmm. he's only shooting 2% better than Marcus has for his career yep. in the playoffs. Just think of G- that. Gabe Vincent shot 37% in the regular season. Oh, he's 30, not missing anymore. 32% in the playoffs, though. He He's the, the only guy who's hot uh, in the Celtics series. Tyler Hero shot 40% in the regular season. He's shooting 25%. Caleb Martin, uh, who's not playing a ton of minutes, but he shot 40%. He's only shooting 22%. I mean... Outside of P.J. Tucker, who's shooting 48% from three and who the Celtics are adamantly chasing off the line, not letting him get in any shots because Rob is on him. The only good shooter uh, is Duncan Robinson, who not in the rotation. So, like, their shooters who are making shots in the regular season haven't really done that in the playoffs so far. Um, and the Celtics shot really well from three in game two. I mean, 50% is about as good as you could possibly ask for. Jimmy Butler, one for three. Max Drew shot two for seven from deep uh, in game two. Oladipo, one for five. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 0 for four. Tyler Hero, 0 for three. I mean, the Celtics are playing great defense and chasing them off the line. But even with that great defense, you'd expect these heat shooters to make more of those shots. And they're not. Uh, and so this just ties back around to why isn't Bam getting more looks? Part of it's Al Horford. Part of it's the Celtics defense. And maybe part of it is that they have to make the adjustment to make him more of a focal point because that's what beat the Celtics last time. I'm not trying to help the Heat, and not that anyone is there is going to listen to this, but I mean, it's as clear as day. Everyone's saying it. I, I heard it on ESPN this morning. I think Matt Barnes said it. Like, what's the, or Jalen Rose, sorry. He's like, what's the key? Who needs to step out, step up outside of Jimmy? And it's just Bam. Like, just Bam needs to be more of a presence on, on offense. Another thing the Celtics have done really great defensively is make it so Miami's, Least desirable scorers are the ones taking the shots. It feels like at least, at least like in game two. Gabe Vincent, <laughs> you mean Gabe Vincent is well, Steph Curry now. He does not seem like that, but like they've forced PJ Tucker to drive a lot, right? And then he's not like really doing much off a of drive. He's he's not in his element. He's there to shoot threes and play defense. If you're making him drive, you're kind of confusing him. You saw him travel in uh, first half. Yeah, first half yesterday on a drive just because he looked like lost and he was probably injured too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But also like you're not letting they're doing their rotations to where you're leaving the guy you would want to shoot. If you're the Celtics, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even like I said, Rob is on PJ in the corner. That is his job this series because Al is guarding Bam. PJ Tucker is not going to get many shots up over Rob. Like their best option is to attack Rob in the paint and try to get a kick out to PJ Tucker. But then the Celtics defense is so long and quick and connected that they just rotate over and deny him that shot. And they get a uh, Max Struess, you know, three on the wing, three feet behind the line, which is a shot they'll live with. I assume, even though Max Struess is a phenomenal shooter and, and that's how the offense is playing. I'll, <clears throat> I'll have to rewatch some of these possessions with PJ Tucker, but they're doing a great job of denying him the ball in the corner. Um, Jimmy Butler wasn't as much of a presence. He was still super efficient, Sam. I know you said he can't shoot 60% for the series. He did it again in game two. He shot 61%. It didn't matter because they kind of shut down the peripherals and didn't allow him to get to the free throw line as much. Uh, But if he had gotten to the free throw line as many times as he did in game one, he'd have another 40 piece. So Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler is here to stay. Uh, And maybe at this point, it's a case of, like you did in the Bucks series, stop the guys around him. Let Jimmy Butler yeah. score 40, right? Like <laughs> that's been the the method to Boston's madness the entirety of the playoffs, except for the Nets series, because KD is probably the only guy good enough to win you a playoff game. Uh, not that Giannis isn't, but the difference in that Nets series was the Nets role players were hot. They were making all their shots. And so the Celtics yes. had to focus on Kevin Durant. Uh, but in the other series, the other guys aren't hot. Like Drew Holiday struggled. Grayson Allen was a complete non-factor. If anything, he helped the Celtics. Um, in this series, Tyler Hero isn't as efficient. I'm not saying he's not good because he's doing good things for the Heat, but he's not shooting as efficiently from the perimeter. Uh, Gabe Vincent's great, but if he's the biggest threat outside of Jimmy Butler, then I'm sure the Celtics are feeling fine. Uh, so you just let Jimmy score like you let Giannis score, and it results in a 30-point, 25-point blowout for the Celtics. Yeah, that is a very good point. And I was thinking about it while you were talking about him shooting so efficiently. Again, I was like, oh, they might have to do what they did to Giannis. And and that seems like it's going to have to be the solution. I kind of prefer that, to be honest with you. It's less frustrating getting beat by guys that you feel like are actually good enough to beat you compared to, like, uh, I don't know, Pat Connaughton killing you in a game or Gabe Vincent killing you in a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is where it gets frustrating. If you're getting beat by Jimmy, it's like, whatever. It's going to happen. You can't let those other guys keep keep killing you. And and it's worked for the Celtics so far. They made yep. the correct adjustments against Milwaukee. Uh, they adjusted well against Miami yesterday. You know, nobody really played well besides Jimmy Butler. Uh, you can't guarantee that every game, but you can work towards making that a reality. And I think they did a great job yesterday. And having everybody healthy playing for you, is a big help that that yeah. <laughs> team defense with the, with the starters is just on another level. They have so, uh, so Jesus, Sam, such great chemistry to where they can trust each other and make the right reads almost every single time. Mm-hmm. They're connected. Like the entire team uh, is connected on both sides of the floor. You see that this is a championship level team. They are now what three wins away uh, if the Celtics don't lose at home this series, they go to the NBA Finals. Let that sink in. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. The Celtics are playing phenomenal basketball. <clears throat> Jason Tatum is a superstar. Jalen Brown is a star. Marcus Smart is a championship-level point guard. I mean, everything is falling into place for this team. 
Uh, and the best part about it is not to get too ahead of myself. They're all under contract for next year. Like every yep. important piece on the roster is under contract for next season. <clears throat> so you have to feel good about that moving forward. Um, I did want to talk about Aaron Neesmith very briefly, just because man, he cannot get anything going. <laughs> he, he is, uh, you got to feel bad for the guy. I mean, another offer uh, from the field in game two, uh, obviously he didn't get as much run as he did in game one. You like him on defense, but man, it's rough, dude. It's just, it's not there. It's uh, which is so weird because he was a decent shooter at the end of last year. And do you think is is his confidence just shot? You think like what's going on? Well, I'm no psychiatrist. However, if I was an NBA player, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals would not be the best time for me to find my footing. <laughs> you know, like that's not really <laughs> when you're going to go out there and be like, all right, like. I can I can take a few, get in the rhythm, find my footing. No, you, you you're probably out. And he did a good job defensively in game one. Uh, at, at points, you know, he made some big blocks, good plays. He was hustling, doing everything he can in terms of uh, not shooting. But once he's shooting, he's not really looking close. He's not he's hitting the back of the rim on corner threes, like the outside of the rim. He's not even having to go back to him. He's hitting like. He's, he's shooting it too far and it's just keeping going almost an air ball. He's got to just continue to work over the summer, maybe get with uh, Grant's shooting coach there because Grant has made a significant improvement, uh, which has obviously helped the team. And I think if Neesmith can be reliable offensively, he could help the team, especially if he calms down a bit, you know, he's doing crazy things all the time and kind of costs them at times in game one, you know, silly fouls, turnovers every now and then not making shots no i i still don't think he's like out as an nba player well don't get me wrong i just don't think this thing, is the time for him to be learning and, and no. getting his footing the crazy thing about it is if he can just make like i'm not even talking like he doesn't have to be a 40 percent shooter even if he makes like 35 percent of his threes like he's the perfect end of the like last guy in the rotation for the Celtics team, right? Like mm-hmm. he he can play hard on defense. He knows what to do. He needs to calm down a little on that end and be a little less reckless. But if he can make his shots, learn to move off the ball, which he was doing last year, he's a you know decent guy off the ball uh, in terms of movement last season. He'd be exactly what the Celtics want uh, on the end of their bench. So ho- I'm hoping he figures it out, figures it out. I just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was frustrating that he went over again uh in game two but uh that's about all i had for today is there anything else you want to talk about before we get no, out of here i am all set man i'm exhausted <laughs> yep i'll be there Alrighty. tomorrow we, we might have a pod for all of you sooner than you think you'll be at the game tomorrow yes i i, oh. not I jack you you convinced me mm-hmm. uh to work that and it'll be a good time getting there to go, go to work so Huge. Uh, Going to be a new experience. Maybe get to meet some of our guests that we've had on. Should Love be to see it. Love to see it. I am on the train all day tomorrow, so I'll be watching from there. <laughs> what time does your train leave? One twenty-five. Uh, that's a long trip. Yeah. Yep. I'll be getting into Syracuse at around nine nine thirty, I believe. So there you go. I'll start the game from there, do pregame, et cetera. But uh, yeah, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, I'll leave it to Sam. Yeah, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're probably on YouTube on Guide Boston or Bannertown. Regardless, make sure you subscribe and leave a like. If you're on Guide Boston, you can catch our pregames usually a half hour before every game if 
you know, an assortment of Jack, me, KJ, and Tim are available. Unfortunately, during the playoffs, we've had a few that we haven't been able to make, but we always try. Um, if you're listening on the streaming platforms and now that Apple's back, you, you probably are. Uh, make sure you follow the pod just in case Jack doesn't tweet it out. I don't even remember if you tweeted the last one. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I did. You didn't I, remind I, me, so I'll blame I didn't you. Remind you. Um, but you can find them at Jackson One NBA if he does decide to tweet them, and you can follow me for some complaints every once in a while at uh, Sam. Yeah. 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 Yeah.